At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. What do you got for us today, Ben? Sure. Since the Supreme Court has been more active, the House <laughs> of Representatives has also been more active, which I think is how we actually want the country to run mm -hmm. if you're a United States citizen. You don't want people legislating from the bench. So yeah, pretty immediately, three bills passed. Make abortion legal nationwide. Make birth control legal nationwide. Make gay marriage legal nationwide. Now, they all have to go to the Senate. None of them might come into law. But it was it is funny that they, the House could have done this at any point in time because there were no actual laws around this, but they just felt comfortable with the Supreme Court doing their job for them. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as the Supreme Court said, we're not going to do this, they went into action. So that's, I think, what you want. The thing that's not great... 96% of Republican House representatives voted against a bill that I looked up and it says to protect a person's ability to access contraceptives and to engage in contraception and to protect a healthcare provider's ability to provide contraceptives. I don't know how people could vote against that, but then I looked up the next bill, which was gay marriage, which had 157 votes against it. Mm -hmm. And I realized there's a massive part of the country that might want healthcare companies to not pay for birth control pills and might want to make it so that gay people can't legally get married. And like all the stuff that you think of as draconian, if you come from a democratic state or if you're young, there's a lot of people that really do still want to ban this stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you have a democracy where people are actually getting represented until all those people die, you, it's not, it's not like just, I looked it up. It's not that just the house of representatives is biased. It's that there's a massive part of the country that doesn't want birth control to be legal, doesn't want it to be covered by health uh, health insurance, doesn't want gay marriage to be legal. Or, yeah, maybe wants birth control to be legal, but doesn't necessarily want it. Uh, no, thinks that abstinence is the answer to mm -hmm. not babies. Thinks that if you get rid of birth control, people will go back to abstinence as God wants. Well, I think there's also a subset likely that just doesn't so one of the things I heard, which is interesting, is you said once, you know, protects the right. It's also enshrines in law the mandate that these companies have to do these sorts of things. So mm -hmm. I, my understanding is that there is a uh, states' rights question for a lot of the stuff, which is like, look, this is not our business. It's a more federalist position, which is we don't need a national law to declare any of these things. And if you do want to vote against in your state, you should have that freedom to do so. Yes, what was interesting to me, and just a good reminder, because we've talked about this, it's so easy to criticize the left when you live in California mm -hmm. because the right is extremely moderate in California and the left is absolutely insane. Mm -hmm. There are states that will make birth control illegal or not covered by health insurance or whatever. Like they, they do not want, not just abortions to not be allowed, they don't want people taking the pill. They want people to abstain from sex until marriage because God intended that to be what people do, and it's a sin to have sex before marriage. Well, so I guess I, my question is, because there's a big gulf between doesn't want a law that mandates that birth control must be covered by health insurance and mm -hmm. wants to make birth control illegal. Like, there, that's a huge, huge difference. And I can find— Well— One is, one is uh, to go, me, more defensible. Go the gay marriage route. Like, you're—if you say—if you don't make— 
if you don't make gay marriage legal, you're effectively making gay marriage illegal. Uh, I think there's, like, I get what you're saying about the nuance of healthcare providers paying for it, let's say. But if you, if at a federal level, you get rid of it and you say it's a state issue, that's fine. But if a state doesn't say that birth control is legal, they are effectively saying birth control is illegal. Do they have to make that statement? Yeah, I the actually FDA don't... has to approve shit. The government has to say that it's okay. Well, the FDA is it. this is where my government uh, is a national thing, which has approved sure. for safety that says that, for instance, plan B is safe for consumption. So the FDA has cleared it. And now the state's, I don't know if, at which direction they have to vote that it is legal or is illegal. Like, do you have to take it off the shelves or put it on the shelves with the laws that they have? But I don't know. I could see myself as a— as They want to let states ban it. They want to states the right to ban it. Yes. And the states can take that freedom or, mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Got it. And the legislations—I guess this is where—and as I sort of learn more about U.S. government, which I don't know, I think if I were a judge— I would probably vote increasingly like conservative in terms of I don't want to be legislating from the bench. Mm-hmm. But I think if I were a senator or a legislator, I probably would vote for like to not have birth control be bannable, meaning that birth control is legal nationwide. Players option. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What I'm saying is that there's still a massive <laughs> amount of the population that doesn't want players' option on things mm-hmm. that I took for granted growing up in Pennsylvania. Who's the player? Sorry. Is the player the state or is the player the person? Player's the person. Yeah. When I was growing up, it was like, oh yeah, gay people getting married. We've kind of figured out that this is okay. It wasn't legal. Now it's legal. Mm-hmm. Obama changed his mind on it. You know, there was kind of this growing, the zeitgeist is like, oh yeah, of course, no one cares who you marry. But 157 House of Representative people voted against it being legal. You know what's interesting is when you said player's option, and I clarified. You just made me realize the whole question is at what level does this decision get made? Of it's course. Like, well, this do is- we make it at a national level, which in which case maybe most people are for it? Do we make it at a state level, in which case some states are not for it? Do we make it at an individual level, which is like some people are, some people well, aren't? This and- is the. I mean, I don't actually think it's a philosophically sound argument, but this is the cheeky Instagram argument for abortion. It's like mm-hmm. I agree, we shouldn't let people just decide if abortion is cool at a federal level. We should do it at a state level. Why did it stop at the state? Let's do it at the county. Let's do it at the city. Let's mm-hmm. do it at the town. Why don't we do it at the individual? That's mm-hmm. like the cheeky, obviously, pro-choice argument for it. Yeah. But I think that that is the core argument is, is that obviously you don't want to let people decide at an individual level if they're allowed to murder adults, right? Mm-hmm. We've decided federally protected. But yeah, there's states that there's government officials elected to create legislation who want to make it so that states can tell you that you are not allowed to get married and they are still in 2022 voting to try to make that happen and that was a good wake-up call for me of like oh yeah there's republicans in california and then there's republicans in other places and they are very different this is a dumb question um what is the mandate of a senator or congressional representative is I think it, it's to represent your your populace it's to represent your populace but also is it to take is it to take what the populace wants and, and spread it nationwide you know so like so okay california wants a thing they mm-hmm. want contraceptive is your job to protect your, that in california or to spread that belief to other states that's yeah, the question yeah. i don't know we could look it up it's okay we don't need to know now i'm just uh just curious yeah, what's your what is your the political equivalent of your fiduciary responsibility mm-hmm. as a senator. I get it more clearly with the with the Supreme Court justices. I don't I don't totally understand. Yeah, it. or as president, it's more clear uh-huh. cut. Got it. Because um, interestingly, if you are 
a senator from California and you're just representing Californians, my understanding is California foots the bill for a lot of these nationwide things. So yeah. while you might be pro an expansion in healthcare, technically, if you were just representing Californians, you would want reductions on federal healthcare and expenditures great, and, great state and, and increased, yeah, yeah. yeah, which which would be better, you know, myopically just for Californians. Um, I'm not supporting that, but it's it's yeah. Who who are you responsible to, and in what context? I, I'm not. Totally sure. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's more just fascinating to me that, that a huge part of the population is constantly going to be pissed off because of how not uniform our beliefs are. When mm-hmm. gay marriage gets federally protected by law, what, three out of 10 people in the United States are going to be pissed about it. Yeah. It's a huge part of the population. Yeah, well, we've, we've talked about this before. It does seem like... I thought that one... Sorry, the reason this was a wake-up call, I kind of thought that one was done. I kind of thought that even young Republicans were just like, oh, yeah, we don't care. And the tr- truth is, even if young Republicans don't care, there's just still a fuck ton of people who are older, who are still voting, who are still putting representatives into the House, who still have their beliefs, who are 55, 60, 70, and don't think that gay people should be allowed to get married. Well, yes. And I guess if you were to look back at the progress that was made in the civil rights movement. There were certainly a lot of hearts and minds changed, but in some cases, legislation moved more quickly mm-hmm. than uh, the percentage of the country that was that was for that. And now yeah, I think often in a way that in hindsight, I would argue, at least from Ben Altman's perspective, was good. Mm-hmm. But forcing schools to integrate before those schools wanted to integrate seems like a pretty solid move. Mm-hmm. That was one that we studied in college, and I don't have a strong opinion, but that was like, uh, according to one author, a clear example of legislating from the bench mm-hmm. for the good of the nation. Is that the sort of thing we need? Well, we like the outcome that we got, but is that a process that we want to endorse? Is one yeah, that that's is, exactly what I'm saying. I yeah. like the outcome, but I mm-hmm. don't know that that's a good process. <laughs> Interesting. It just happened to be an outcome that worked out, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Cool. So what else we got? What else do we have? I have totally, uh, that's like a one out of 10 transition for you. Go for so, it. No, go for it. Mine okay. are all over the place. All right. So I was watching Temptation Island last night. Nice. <laughs> I don't know what that is. What is Temptation Island? Uh, it's my favorite. Temptation Island is four couples, guy and a girl, go to an island. They've been dating for a couple years each. Okay. And they know that this is what they're getting into. No surprises in the show. They split them up. And then get 20 singles. So there's like four men in relationships and like 20 female singles and who are basically instructed by the producers to like try to get these guys to hook up with you. Yeah, try to break the relationship. Yeah, try to like break it up. Yeah, makes sense. Um, And And the same on the other side. And the same on the other side. And every couple of days, yeah, every couple of days they have a bonfire and they show you the worst clips of what your significant other has been up to. So it's it's limited information. <laughs> Why does anyone volunteer for the show? Well, this is the thing: is you see, I I love watching it, and I understand that there's some hard cutting, and I'm I'm hip to it a lot of the time that it happens, and I'm sure I'm missing some. But you get the clear: some people are trying to get out of their relationship. Some a lot of people want to get famous. A lot of the singles are there to get famous and start shit. And well, I'm sorry, I get why I get why a single would go on the show. Um. Why does Sometimes the there's an ultimatum, which is like, if you, if the, I want to marry you, but I'm not sure. And we both haven't explored. So I will do this show. And at the end you'll propose to me or something like that. Cool. Um, how, 
have they tracked how those marriages have gone? Some of them, some of them do. Some of them, well, very few actually wind up getting married. This normally breaks. I would say it's like yeah. two or three out of four on average per season, maybe two out of four, like just break. What a surprise. Yeah. Um, but what is fascinating that I saw, there's a lot of just uh, scary things that you see about relationships and how stuff goes down. But well, I don't know that this is representative of the average relationship because I think most people wouldn't even go on the show. Yes, but you can see interpersonal dynamics at play, sure, which which are always at play. So the one the one thing that I noticed last night is uh, there's a t- there's obviously as a human you want to be receptive to feedback that people give you, mm-hmm. and when you get a lot of people voting the same thing, like you're selfish, you're stubborn, whatever it is, you want to be especially aware to that. What is scary about these types of groups and communities is that they're all crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. very easy to get a group of people sure. that are just agree that you're toxic or you're a monster or whatever. And I was just watching. I was like, oh, man, like the instinct to be vulnerable, to open self one up to criticism, to take it in uh, can be co-opted in a very negative way. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one guy who, like, probably was in, you know, had narcissistic tendencies, was self-obsessed, was cheating on his girlfriend prior to all this. Like, definitely had some problems. And so he, through the process of this, was trying to be open to the negative feedback that people were giving him, which was often deserved. But in the reunion special, all these other hanger-ons, like, jumped into this opportunity to be like, yeah, and you were a bad guy that was not, I from what I saw, earned at all. But there was a there was a person willing to take it because he, some of it was deserved. Mm-hmm. And then there was these, uh, I think, bad actors mm-hmm. <laughs> on the outside jumping in, telling them, oh, yeah, by the way, you got to stop hurting pe- me that way. Yeah. And it was scary to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something that I think a lot of people don't think about, certainly I, I historically have not thought about, is your significant other's circle of friends because mm-hmm. that's who they're going to be going to for advice yes on what's right or wrong yeah. about your behavior and so they might come back ex- with extremely high conviction that their circle has told them that you've done something good mm-hmm. or bad or that you should do so there's an expectation that should be met that you don't agree with at all mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily i don't think that a other someone else's circle can infect uh infect you I think often each person goes to their own friend group to look for what's right or wrong. And so their own friend group is who can throw them in the wrong direction. But then when they come together, they're going to have a lot of conviction if their friend group all felt one thing. And that conviction may be totally off base. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, that and, and if you're more open, even that other person's friend group, your partner's friend group, if you're a very open person, that's going to be more likely to influence you so i've never seen that i often see the opposite Mm -hmm. i see two partners butt heads go to their own social circle for conviction and get affirmed because you are like your friends in a lot of way and then come back completely convinced that the other person is off base yeah so because it's i haven't really seen a group so entwined that someone else's friends make a big impact on that person Mm -hmm. uh neither have i I, I just could, I saw people that were open on this show mm-hmm. that were like pretty receptive to well, feedback. I, yeah, I think what you can get is if you're with them a lot, like we have, we know someone who's, I'll be super vague, but dating someone whose family all has some odd beliefs. And mm-hmm. so when he's with his significant other and her family and it's five to one, let's say, it can be 
disorienting for him where he's like, I feel like this is strange, but I'm mm-hmm. getting very badly outnumbered. And it's mm-hmm. only upon leaving that situation, mm-hmm. reflecting and talking to other people. That he goes, oh no, wait, I'm not crazy. Yeah. I was just outnumbered in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. You also see the subtlety of gaslighting is also really interesting here. So I'll give you just an example. Um, this, the, the, the couple that was interesting to me, girl and a guy go on the show. Um, the vibe that you get, which is probably perhaps cultivated by the producers, but is well supported by the behavior is that she, one, they agree. She took him on the show. Okay. She was very quick to find a handsome uh, partner that mm. she was making out with, telling how hot he was. Like they were like sort of laughing about all the other guys, like just not as cool or manly. Her or boyfriend. Whatever. Yes. Sorry. Or like he would crack jokes from time to time yeah, yeah. about it. No, stop it. You know, that type of thing. Um, and so this goes on for, you know, 30 days. He's seeing images of it all. And images or videos? Videos, videos. So there's a number of, of moments of gaslighting that I thought were interesting. The one, the impression that you get from this guy is like, he's one of 20 guys in a house, the single guy. Mm-hmm. There's four girls. Sure, sure. He's down to like make out with her, but she's like, like, what about after this? He's like, I just think you need to be alone. And like, it's not healthy for you. Yeah, me. yeah, he's not interested. And, and so what I watched was I was like, wow, he's telling the truth, but lying. Because everything he's saying is true. And if she says, like, hey, guys, is it true that I need to be alone? They're going to be like, yeah, you, you need to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. But also, he doesn't like you that much. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And, there's a, and you're, so you, she's fundamentally, like, not certain. And it was the subtlety of the deception was very interesting yeah. to watch. Which, I, to watch somebody not give the whole truth, but enough of the truth to, to pass... The sniff test. Yeah, and I would say that that's immoral in the regular world. I think you want mm-hmm. to avoid lies like that. I do think reality TV shows have a different set of rules. Of so, like, we talk about, you know, you shouldn't lie, except in very extenuating circumstances. Nazis ask if Anne Frank is in the attic. But if you go on to a game show that is, the premise is lying, like you go to a Survivor or something, I think you can carve out a separate set of rules where you go, when I'm on this show, I'll have a, the... I'll follow the rules of the show. And it sounds like Temptation Island, the, the understanding that everyone has is that these 20 dudes are here to ruin your relationship. Mm-hmm. Like your job is to reject them and their job is to seduce you, right? Yeah, to get, well, that's not the, the understanding. Is they're there to help you grow is, is how people talk about okay. it. And, and that's like the shared myth that they- Got it. That they buy into. Well, I don't know enough about the show, I guess, but I could imagine a world where this guy is doing something, this, this new partner is doing something that you wouldn't want in the real world but that on Temptation Island follows the rules of Temptation Island. Oh, yeah, which yeah. Which is, he's seducing you to test your relationship. I don't- Which is why he's there. I don't have an ethical judgment yeah. of him to say that he's bad. Well, it would or, be, I would if it were out of, if it were not on a game show and he was saying, I don't want to be with you because I think you need to be alone. I think he should also say, and I, I would have a girlfriend, but just I'm not particularly interested in you being that girlfriend. Well, I mean, I've done this. I think, I think, I, like, I think everybody has done this, which is- you tell a part of the truth mm-hmm. in order to spare their feelings, spare yourself the blowback from their sp- feelings, um, have plausible deniability for negative judgment that you have of somebody else. Yeah. And it was- I, I, do, I think everyone does it. I think it's selfishly, the less one does it, the better they'll be in the long run, I think. Yes. And I, and I think this is a very common thing. And it was interesting to watch, you know, from a third person perspective, her- working through well this is true but this isn't and i do think like 
I've been thinking a lot about gaslighting lately. I think this is how gaslighting occurs. It's not total bullshit in mm-hmm. most cases. It's when people's emotional radar is going off, going, something isn't right here. She's like, it kind of feels like he's blowing me off. Yeah, yeah. But like, he's saying things that make total sense. And it was just very interesting for me to sit in that third person perspective and watch her fumble through it and then ultimately agree with him and check other people. Is this true about me? And have them go, well, yeah, that that is true about you. And for her to, you know, at 20 years old, uh, not develop a strong intuitive sense of like, he's just not that into you. That's what's happening here. I just figured out why people go on the show. I didn't realize she was 20. Oh yeah, they're young. Yeah. Well, she's the youngest. I was picturing but like twenty-eight. Years. There's a twenty-seven-year-old on there. Yeah. Like I get why a twenty-year-old on the show. There's twenty-five. They have no idea. Twenty-five, twenty-six is is where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, it was interesting to watch her uh, as a result of feedback that lots of people would give lose connection with. He's just not that into you, mm-hmm. which she like kind of had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then the other thing that happens is you know that she goes on. This is, I thought the gaslighting was going to occur with the boyfriend. That well, it she does. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that's it's, where I thought we were going. It's a beautiful cycle. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so, you know, she's seeing photos of her making out, doing all this, whatever. So he makes out with someone, and then she says, so I can't he, believe you dragged me on this he show. He sleeps with someone. <laughs> all right, after a long time of not. Yeah. And then in the final interaction, he's sturdy. You know, he's, like, prepared. He's got his three minutes of, like, she's like, oh, and then, you know, you just, you didn't mean to hurt me, but you did. Oh, so what's that about? And he just hits her with a, did you mean to hurt me? No, but you did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. like, you know, three minutes. And then the reunion show, he's broken. Oh, no. <laughs> Months later, yeah. they come back. She and she has just totally, and people are like, timeline is kind of important. And you see the guy in the back. He's like, we did the same thing, her and I. I don't know why she's being so critical of her boyfriend. But he doesn't want to step, you know, uh, overextend himself in this yeah, yeah. group and be like, you're Got not it. Taking- so the new narrative is I kissed someone and you slept with someone, not I kissed someone for I a kissed week. someone, I kissed someone, I kissed someone. And then you slept with someone. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and it's it's all about how she didn't cross and she never you know, yeah, and, yeah. and uh you can't compare those two. I feel like watching the show would anger me. Um maybe. It's fun to scream at. It's fun. Yeah, okay. To, so I the run, anger is the part of it. But I also get vicarious cringe to a high level, so I get a good exercise. I run out of the room. I run out, <laughs> like I'm I'm taking laps around the house a lot. Um I have to leave. But yeah, to watch. When's the Temptation Island breakdown? I don't, I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> want to even, because these are these are uh, just regular people. If anything, they're people that um, made probably a bad decision to go on this, yeah. this show. I don't need to And I on. do think it's more common now, but if you don't know anyone who's been on a reality TV show, I don't think you understand to the extent that they will purposely make the environment horrible and edit you way out of context. So I, I think- surround you with people that are not everybody but like if you want to be on that show higher odds than base population that you're a narcissist or have some sort of deep need for attention yeah yeah for sure but i can't think be. even but even beyond that there's they don't show you necessarily that so let's say you're doing like big brother or whatever that show it's just regular people in a house and there's no shtick but they don't feed you and they give you a ton of alcohol and they don't mm-hmm. turn the air conditioning on. It's hot as fuck. And you're like, why are these people fighting so yeah, much? Yeah. It's really hot. They're really hungry and they're wasted. Uh-huh. But you don't know that because you don't know anyone who's been on the show mm-hmm. and the show isn't telling you that. Yeah. So I do think if you're 20, let's say, and you don't know anyone who's been on the show, perhaps you don't understand that this entire situation is meant to give you a horrible experience to give the viewers 
something yeah. that they want to watch. Yes. So I, I want to be a little bit more, a little bit less incredulous, I guess, because I just happen to know people who have been on these shows. So you get to see that they're all horrible and you should never do any of them. Yeah. But in every season so far, or a lot of the seasons, there's been, that was the couple that I just told you about, where the one person comes on and pretty much is trying to cheat on their, mm-hmm. their partner and, yeah. and do it. And they're, it's funny. They're usually the most suspicious partner. Of course. You know, like, well, and, and they're not without late reason because, like, earlier in the relationship he had cheated on her, like, a year or two ago, you know, and so I just don't know if I could trust him. I just don't know. And and any blink or look or or anything in the wrong direction, well, he clearly is just over this. So and there's this hardcore yeah, yeah. projection that occurs as they, you watch them build the case for the thing you saw them decide they were going to do before they even yeah. arrive there. Well, it's wild. Spoiler, just 95% of the couples that even agree to go on Temptation Island should break up. <laughs> so whatever gets them to the breakup is probably good. Some of them were okay. And some of them are truly just... Uh, probably I one was, out of I'm, 20. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, so far, it seems like one out of uh, four or five is like, I am afraid to commit and, uh, you know, being apart from this person for 30 days and spending time with 20 other people that I don't like makes me really appreciate them even more. And I didn't cross any lines and neither did they. That happens on rare occasion. But yeah, so that was my, uh, that was my evening. Cool. I love that you love this garbage <laughs> TV. <laughs> yes. It cracks me up. It's great. <laughs> like, what'd you do tonight? <laughs> I read Kantian philosophy. <laughs> I meditated on psilocybin and then I watched Temptation Island. It's the like. best. <laughs> At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Uh, mine are so random. I looked into that Andrew Tate guy because you brought him up last podcast. What I'm going to say has nothing to do with Andrew Tate, but it is interesting to me what seems to happen to people who don't like Andrew Tate is that they watch him say things they don't like, can't cancel him on it, and then go hunt for things that aren't real but that sound more cancelable, and then try to cancel him. Mm -hmm. So no skin in the game, never met the guy, don't really, no strong opinion about him watched a couple of videos. It's most interesting to me is the, the watching the ends justifies the means nature of cancel culture was very interesting to me with him because he, he says things people don't like. He says things about women drivers or whatever. The call for his head is often not about that, but about some other behavior that is taken out of context and has been thoroughly debunked if you look into it at all. And so I just thought that was interesting. What are you talking about? So like, for instance, he... Uh, the one thing I told you about off air, he, people were saying he's a sex trafficker, which is if that's true, he should get canceled and be arrested. And then they give him a chance to, to explain why he's not basically. And they're like, yeah, he's like, why do you think I'm not in jail? If I'm a sex trafficker, if I got arrested for sex trafficking, there's evidence for sex trafficking. What happened was I had a party and somebody came to the party and their boyfriend saw them on a different woman's story and texted them and said, what are you doing at Andrew Tate's party? And then the woman said, oh, I don't want to be here. I didn't even want to come. They won't let me leave, which is a very convenient blame your friend's Mm -hmm. way of, I want to be here, but I don't want to get in trouble with my boyfriend. The boyfriend interprets that not as her friends won't let her leave, but that the Tates have kidnapped her. Mm -hmm. 
because she, she sent him a text saying, oh, I, I, I want to leave, but I can't. Yeah. So he calls the police, says Andrew Tate and his brother have kidnapped my girlfriend and are holding <laughs> her hostage. So the police rock up. They're not, they, they, the woman's no longer there, I think. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what's going on? You got, sorry, you got to come down. You get, they arrest them straight up. Like there's videos of them getting arrested. And they have, according to Tate, I haven't watched it. So, I mean, you got to kind of take him at his word, but he isn't in prison. They have video of her having free reign to leave, leaving the property at one point to make a phone call or to pick up a pizza order and then coming back voluntarily. And it's like, yeah, this person was not kidnapped. Mm-hmm. This person just didn't want to get in trouble with their boyfriend for going to an Andrew Tate party, which to be fair, if your girlfriend does say, yeah, I'm just here voluntarily with these dudes while we're you know, doing drugs or whatever it is, yeah, you might get broken up with over that. So she didn't get the wrong vibe that her boyfriend was going to, at the minimum, pick a fight over it. So then she outsources responsibility to her friends or to the Tates, and then they get called for kidnapping. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, they're sex traffickers. I can't believe that they haven't been in jail. It's like, no, you just think that the guy's a dick and you don't like his mm-hmm. misogynistic comments. You're like, just, just say that stuff. Because yeah, if yeah. you look into the kidnapping stuff, you can figure out that it's probably not valid. Well, it sounds like if all of that is, if your understanding of all the situation is true, is that there's a cohort of people that think that the penalty for misogynistic comments ought to be more in line with the penalty for sex trafficking. Well, no, forget, forget in line. Because <laughs> well, no, I, I don't actually meaning, don't, meaning I actually don't think they're saying. Canceled well, I don't think they're saying they should go to jail. What they're saying is like, and this isn't everybody. And I, I, they're saying, I don't like what this guy says. Fair enough. He shouldn't be able to say this publicly. Well, now you're getting into some dangerous territory around, you know, freedom of speech versus whatever your beliefs are around censorship. I am not getting a big swell of public support for trying to cancel him so that he can't say this stuff. I'm going to latch on to this other thing that is worth what I will result in what I want, which is if everyone thinks he's a sex trafficker, he will get deplatformed. Yeah. And I think that's the thought process. With this, we don't need to talk deeply about it because we haven't sure we've mentioned it. But the things that are cancelable and the things that are not, such a arbitrary, clearly related to the twenty twenty two ness of our time. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, um, the wrong racial slur on a Twitch stream could could do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's there's just these these things that instantly put you into that territory of of you're done. We're, we're over with you. Every news media outlet in the world is going to make sure that you don't have a voice. You'll get deplatformed. Uh, and then, but, but a consistent history of things that people find merely distasteful is not enough. But like one foray into slur territory just does it. Yeah. Well, I, w- I was even just looking at it from a different angle, which is people, and I don't think people would even necessarily fight this, or some people wouldn't. They start with, we need to get this person off the air, whether it's Mm -hmm. Tate or Jordan Peterson or whoever it is. And then they go, I'll do anything to make that happen. And they just go, ends justifies the means. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just uh, scary. I don't know. That's not good. I don't think that's, I think you want cancellations to be in line with the truth of the person's flagrancies. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think a lot of people don't feel that way. A lot of people will... I mean, there's been, yeah, so many times where someone lied. Didn't it come out that the Kavanaugh stuff was a lot of it was lies? I, I don't know about that. I, I really don't know. But it seems it seems like uh, the, the breakdown is that there's an increasing group of people that, that do have, I don't know if it's postmodernist or whatever, but have this fundamental belief that um, language is a, a power game uh, 
the way to deal with like people being moved towards Andrew Tate's perspective on the world is not by countering what he says with more influential because it is more true speech that paints a different picture of the world, but by silencing him or greatly diminishing his ability to have people hear what he has to yeah. say. No, you kind of nailed it. Or it's to bring up this other stuff that's been debunked but sounds worse. Mm-hmm. Instead of just being like, Tate says this, I disagree with that thing specifically, here's why. Like, let's talk about the mm-hmm. thing. It just goes, I don't want him to say this thing. So I'll go to find this unrelated thing that's been debunked but sounds worse just to try to get people off of listening to him at all. Yeah, well, this, this, and this is only a small anecdotal thing that happened this week. Andrew Tate's probably not going anywhere. But um, he did have a bad week in public perception because of a uh, a stream that he went on with Hassan Abi, who honestly, first first thought, uh, the type of dialogue on these Twitch streams is disgusting. It is like it's all ends justify the means bad faith. Not all. I'm sure there are people that don't do this. But this particular stream, Hassan is being extremely sarcastic while denying that he's being sarcastic. Mm. Um, and it's just it's just not healthy communication. Yeah. And he, he out uh, Twitch rhetorics him on this. And he does make a handful of good points. So one of the things that we mentioned last week... Go ahead. Oh, I just want to chime in because we've talked two Twitch debaters on the podcast. And one thing we realized afterwards, for a lot of these Twitch people, not just the people you're talking about, but for a a big group of them, their money comes from the beliefs that they hold because they've cultivated an audience that wants the echo chamber. The audience probably listens to them to hear what they already believe. So if they publicly change their opinion because they get a good argument for why they're wrong, they'll lose money. They'll lose their audience. So there's a real, I want to pay my rent or buy my car incentive to completely stonewall good arguments for why you might be wrong and be better off feeling differently about an issue. And 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 specifically how that looks is like, there's almost an incapacity, which I saw at least for a moment with from Hassan's side, to stop and reflect and be like, am I being as sarcastic when he accuses me of it? And am I being um, facetious or not good faith in my aggressiveness here? And the answer is, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he would probably say it, it ends justify the means because this is a bad guy and I need to, and he succeeded in his goal of making him look silly to the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one particular thing is that Andrew Tate has stated, and we talked briefly about it, that his worldview comes from things he sees with his own eyes, and he doesn't trust internet studies. And so when he sees that women, in his experience, are not as good drivers, he doesn't need to reference insurance rates that are paid. It just That's all just, so you just believe bullshit that you think. So Hassan says, how do you know the earth is round? Looks flat. And he goes, because uh, I got into a spaceship and I flew into this guy. And, he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't press him on that, but he he like out bros him almost because he's an expert after many years of this kind of rhetoric mm-hmm. of just making him look silly and sarcastic um, and say, well, you don't, you don't have to admit that you're wrong on this one. And like that type of attitude. Um, and yeah, he had a, I think he probably lost the God like status amongst some people that were not deeply inculcated into the brand. He'll still be around for a long time. He's still got tons of, of people that will follow I'd him. I'd be surprised if this impacts his brand at all. 
I don't think I don't it's he's going to grow as a result of it. But I do think that there's a portion of his audience that had never seen him lose an argument that had never seen him be wrong. And I think that uh, particularly with it's like uh, a mystic Mac status, this argument was dog shit from the moment that he first said it, to be clear. So anybody that followed it was not following the strength of his logic, but was following the strong man status that he like had assumed in their mm. mind of this guy who like is super alpha and is right about things. But and yeah, that's a good point. Is this your hypothesis or you've seen people online saying that they don't follow him anymore? Cause I would be I've, shocked. I've not anybody, seen people saying, yeah, I don't think anybody maybe cares. Which would, would be my guess. Maybe I guess people that found that influential before, uh, could not have been doing so on a basis of a thorough, uh, analysis of his epistemology, which was uh, the way he explained it really flagrantly silly. Yeah, but I don't think anybody. That's not why people are following people on Twitch. They're following people on Twitch to be riled up by hearing someone with massive conviction say how, what they believe. Sure. And I guess in and, their hearts. And they're not and, worried about epistemology. But watching him sort of quote unquote lose a debate, I think might have shaken. This is why Donald Trump can't ever lose. He's got to win, 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 win. Yeah, but even but Donald Trump has never lost. He's ne yes, he's he's never said that he's lost yeah. <laughs> anything. So this is what I'm saying. Like Donald Trump has never so lost. So you're saying if and Andrew Tate just says, I didn't lose that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If Fair Don enough. Donald Trump has never lost and his fans agree he's never lost. Mm -hmm. And Andrew Tate has never lost and his fans agree he's never lost. We don't know if that's and how And Hassan whole, has never lost that. and his fans agree he's never lost. Like I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that those guys have said that, but I understand your point about Trump. I don't think that anybody has dropped off of they started that Twitch, a fan of one of them, strongly, and they stayed there. Now, maybe they tuned in and had no, never heard of either person, and they were swayed by the debate. Fair enough. But if they started at an 8 out of 10 or higher, being a fan of one or the other, they walked away thinking that the other guy was a dick and their guy was right or mistreated. Mm -hmm. You may be right. And that's the wonders of the internet. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, it wasn't like really a fantastic uh, logical argument. And even in the moments where Hassan was right, it was just followed by... Uh, being kind of sarcastic jerk for a portion of time. Um, so, yeah. What do you got? I don't know how many times this is worth saying, so we can keep it short, but police in San Bernardino shot a 23-year-old black man on Saturdays who was running away from them because they showed up in unmarked vehicles. That's a couple weeks after police in Akron fired more than 60 rounds at Jalen Walker, a 25-year-old black man who was fleeing them. It's not an election year. You won't. That's. <laughs> uh, I don't. I, I don't have a takeaway. I don't want to defund the police. I do think that there needs to be better body cams, and that when police do commit crimes, they need more penalties than taxpayers pay the bill for them. So it's like I. Both sides have great arguments. My number one takeaway was: Wow, what a stark difference the news coverage is on a on a non-election year. Mm -hmm. Just yeah, wait till 2023, 2024, and this exact same thing will happen. And it'll be on every news station for what an atrocity it is. And uh, yeah, so it's just, I don't have a takeaway. Just something that I see that we've talked about before and really shows you the power of the news yeah, to yeah, the control news people's the perspective. News, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't give you a good idea of what's happening in the world. It just, uh, it's meant to push you in a direction to enrage you or stifle action or encourage action. Or yeah. Well, I'm hoping if I say it once every three months, then in mm -hmm. 2024, maybe people will remember that That's this is happening all the time. Yeah. And- and a bunch of white people got shot by cops too, and yeah. who knows? Maybe and who knows can, the the uh, particulars of these these two circumstances? Yeah, yeah. Just mentioned. maybe we cannot be 
so easily controlled by the media. Nah. We, <laughs> so cool. So, and then in opposite news, something very important uh, for the NBA fans out there, the Minnesota Timberwolves do not have a white player on their roster. Mm. Which raises a very important question, which is, is that because they're agnostic to race and they picked players based on merit? Or is there a epidemic of anti-white racism in the Timberwolves organization? So here's what you I'll do. leave that for <laughs> the audience to decide, but think about it. Do it is research. It is. Uh, the, we can look at the outcomes of a, uh, the coaching staff or quarterbacks in the NFL, and it, it, it's increasingly these smaller, you know, it's, it's coaches, it's quarterbacks. You know, it's like wherever there is not the split that uh, – Trends in the favor is what is perceived as the historical power thing, like which which just informs everything. That is clear evidence of racism. Com- anything to the opposite, to the degree of a hundred percent on any particular organization, is evidence of absolutely nothing and could not be. Which, by the way, I tend to agree with in that in in that yeah, regard. Yeah. I I don't I don't think they're trying to get white people off the team or I don't uh, think it's, I don't think play. it's a rampant epidemic of yeah. anti-white racism, but. If you believe that you can look at the outcomes of a system to determine its racism, it's not a good look for the Timberwolves. Yes, but that's not what they believe. They believe you can look at the outcomes, and if one of these classes is not as represented, you know what I mean, and that is women or black people or gay people or trans, if if one of these uh, marginalized communities is not as included, which, by the way, isn't even like uh, what's the Latin representation in the NBA, like probably... Uh, under what you would expect in terms of... It's definitely not 50%, which is the amount of the U.S. population that's Latin, 15? Right? No, that's... No, 50. The, 50 is Latin? In the U.S.? Are, are you out of your mind? La- 30%? What is it? No, dude, way, way lower. Really? Yeah. Oh, I thought... Dude, what what was I reading? I, was, I thought back in the day they were like, white people will be a minority. No, we're, I mean, we're already... We're 60%. Interesting. Yeah, Latin... Latinos in, in USA. US. Let's check a look. Latinx in the USA. 62. So it's 18%. percent Yeah, I see 18% in 2020, 19%. Uh, 18%. But that would be like one in five NBA players. Yeah. That would mean that on... They're underrepresented. That would mean that there'd be two on the court at most times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wildly underrepresented. It's interesting that, because uh, we talked about this when we were we had our conversation with Vosh a long time ago, is we look to these results but only some of them some of the time, which is like, how, where's the where's the outcry for more Latin representation in the WNBA? Where's the demands that heterosexual males get paid 10% more to match their homosexual counterparts when in the same breath will demand that the equal pay for equal worth for men? And it's, yeah, yeah. it's I heard a funny uh, Bill Burr thing about the WNBA that you reminded me of because often the, the WNBA players will advocate for higher pay because they're not paid as much as their male counterparts. And... The answer is because not as many people watch the NBA. And then the counter argument can sometimes be, well, men are misogynist for not wanting to watch the WNBA. Bill Burr makes a great point that I'm just absolutely stealing, which is that the failing is completely... If if the amount of women in the U.S. would watch the WNBA at the same number that men watch the NBA, then they would instantly get paid the same amount. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, I don't understand why this isn't the WNBA being mad at women for not watching them. Are they actually mad at men? I, I mean, I guess those are... I, I thought it was a funny bit. I liked I liked it. Um, and you know my feelings on the WNBA, which is stop. <laughs> it's over. You know, twenty years of subsidies is is too much. You don't. You should uh, be forced to 
fail if the market wants you to fail or yeah. downsize or whatever is well, required. I thought, yeah, the only thing I thought was interesting, I just thought the funny thing Bill said that I hadn't heard before, which was the it's not fair that NBA fans don't want to watch the WNBA. And his point is, why are you cutting it like that? Like, why don't you just cut it at women should support women? Mm-hmm. And it just, it just was funny because there's a number of ways you could analyze why the WNBA isn't doing well that could be misogynistic or completely not misogynistic and actually a failing that has nothing to do with sexism at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean, I would go insofar as to say like, and yeah, I don't if, think if it you does. view it as, if you view it as misogyny, uh, it's a very weak, yeah, yeah, there's a hundred counter arguments for it. Yeah. yeah. I just thought Bill Burr's was really funny. Cool. What else we got? That's it. That's it. Quick one today. What do we have, Justin? Any questions? Yep, we got one. Nice haircut, by the way, Justin. Sharp. Thanks. Sharp. All right. So curious why Charlie has an issue with allowing teachers with carry permits to carry in school. We trust them enough to carry everywhere else. Why not at school? Oh, why why shouldn't they be able to carry in Did school? Did you say that? No, I think I said that there was so to be clear. There's should teachers be able to carry guns in school, which I haven't thought deeply about. But one of the solutions that was proposed to school shootings was let's arm teachers, which is not the same as letting teachers with carry permits. Yeah, it's carry demanding that teachers be trained in firearms is well, different than if you are already trained in firearms yeah, yeah. and have a concealed carry permit, then you are allowed to on school grounds, which I don't know how I feel about mm-hmm. that. But that's just I just don't think that's what you were saying. Yeah, no, it's not. And I, I haven't thought about that. The one that you raised, which is should teachers with carry permits be able to carry in schools? I, I, I don't know. Um, I'd have to think about it, but I do believe that the job of a teacher to, uh, to take the job of a teacher and say, you know what else this should be? This should also be the job of a security officer slash police officer. When by the way, which is the most recent example, anecdotally is police officers not <laughs> running into the line of fire. I think that, um, and then there's all this, like, what would you pay them to be a teacher and a police officer? Would they get double what the happens, salary? What happens when a teacher shoots an unarmed black student? <laughs> what happens now when all teachers are bastards? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he was reaching for it. Um, which, and all of these things would, would definitely, definitely happen. Maybe the net loss of life would go down because teachers would shoot or stop or prevent. I'd be really curious. I wish you could run it in a simulation. Because they say that when you buy a gun in your home, the most likely person to get shot with mm-hmm. it is you or your family. I wonder if arming every teacher in America is actually going to result in less kids being killed with guns or more kids being killed yeah, with yeah. guns. And to be clear, I like... Also, I'll, those kids are going to know about it and kids can be little shits. So now every kid knows there's a gun they could potentially steal and fuck around with. Yeah, yeah. Like, a priori, I don't have an opinion. My guess is that more guns is likely to lead to more gun deaths. That would be my guess. That is my but guess. But I'm also like... If, if you wanted to have states that were for this sort of thing or small communities that were for it, arm more of their teachers or allow their teachers to have concealed carry and we could run the data, I'm not, I'm not anti the solution in principle. Uh, I, would exp- I would put my guess that it resulted in, in more gun deaths to have more guns in school would be my guess. Yeah, especially if you're not saying each school will get one or two armed individuals but that every mm-hmm. teacher will have a gun because you never know which classroom will get mm-hmm. attacked yeah my guess is that that results in more students being shot yeah yeah i think I, I think bad fights wind up in in shootings i think i think um it's just what happens in homes it's just what happens in four-person homes and in nations with lots of guns yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like so yeah not opposed philosophically not sure it would result in a good outcome mm-hmm. did i answer the question yeah 
That's it. What do we have today on Patreon? All right, we're going to answer if porn is bad for society. We're going to describe how mm. Andrew Tate's charisma works and then how to stop falling in love with a close friend. Cool. I don't know how I can describe how his charisma works, but we'll, we'll give it a crack. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, support the podcast, click the link in the description. Any dollar amount, which is, I think starts at like three bucks a month, gets you access to the full Patreon, which in this particular case might be even longer than the podcast that we just shot, plus the entire backlog, and it keeps us going. It is our primary source of funding. It all goes to Justin and... Uh, that's why we're here as a result of our patrons. So we appreciate you guys. Hope that more of you from the podcast decide to join. We'll see the rest of you over there. Peace. I think I can explain why his charisma works. We could give it a crack. I feel pretty good about it. Okay. I like my odds. Okay. Well, you watch some videos now. Maybe yeah. you're ready. Cool. Let's do it. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.